From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in festive, timely Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are upcoming holiday releases and setting a release date for your game, and the different ways games set win conditions. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. Boo! <laughs> You got me there. <laughs> okay, Halloween. We we mentioned it. We can move on now. Uh, yeah, I guess because today, according to our listeners, is Halloween, right? And great, uh, Stephen. Yeah. You and I are of the same. Uh, yeah, I, here. it's I, like I do who, not like Halloween who at cares all. Cares about it? Mm-hmm. This isn't. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? It's Martha. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a little bit excited because, Martha, you have cool Halloween plans. I'm so excited. I am making a Hestu costume, Hestu mm-hmm. from Breath of the Wild. Um, I got a, a, a marshmallow, stave puffed marshmallow costume. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, from from uh, the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And I'm turning it, I'm painting it green and adding paper mache leaves and stuff like that. So it's going to be cool. That's great. It's probably going to be less impressive than I have planned, but (laughs) (laughs) just because I'm so busy, but yeah, it's going to be cool. A lot more work than I'm planning on my costume. Well, I haven't, I haven't done a costume in that's been like anything, but Oh, I need Here's my home star t-shirt again. (laughs) Here's the pile of leaves cape that my family uses when they forget (laughs) to make a Halloween costume. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Last time I dressed up or anything, I was probably 12 or 13. No, it was probably just, I might've been younger than that even. Anyway, I went as Lieutenant Commander Data. (laughs) Of course you (laughs) did. Yeah. (laughs) After that, I was done. Yeah. Don't need Halloween anymore. Last year, I was Steven Universe. It's pretty good. Yeah. I still want you and your brother to go as Mario Luigi. I mean. So perfect. I know. We had like always thought that would be great, but I don't think Charles likes dressing up either. Yeah. Well, that's what makes it better for the rest of us. Yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) This year, I'm planning on going as Stephen McGregor. Yeah. So, not my dad. Yeah. I realize that my dad has the same name as me. So, that would be weird. I would probably, how would that work? What, what about Stephen Business? Your alter oh, ego. That is just me now. Oh, I see. <laughs> Cue the theme music. <laughs> uh, there is some things coming up. Stephen, yes. you are going to be giving a talk. At IGDA. Yeah. Twin Cities uh, edition. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my talk is about. Game Dev Tips. It's called Game Dev Cheat Codes and some other words that I can't remember all the titles. But like Mark did the art for me. It looks really nice. Uh, we'll have that in the, the show notes. Uh, you should check it out. Or if you can't make it, just send me tips um, on oh, yeah. Game Dev things because I'm going to need them. The big joy of this show for me has been just like hearing other people's experiences. Yeah. And, and you two mostly, but other people as well. And so it's been great to get even more of that. So, yeah. Um, but that's that really what the point of your talk is. Yes. Is to get a room full of people together and say... Uh, hey, what do you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think it's. I think like a lot of people um, in the community have a lot of knowledge, and they mm-hmm. don't recognize that they have a lot of knowledge. And so, like, just sitting there, my plan is to ask them questions, like, "Hey, how do you do this thing? I don't know how to do it." And somebody will answer for me. Yeah, it'll be nice. This whole thing is just a, a scam. <laughs> Help me make fin. <laughs> yeah, you'll have unity. Hold on, wait a minute. Let me just type that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another. Uh, Speaking news, I'm doing a thing. It's, it happened already, according to the listener, but it's yes. happening this week, uh, uh, according to us. 
the end of the week, uh, MDev. It's the first year they're doing this conference yes. um, in Madison. They have Warren Spector as the keynote speaker, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a one-day thing, um, and I'm doing a talk on object-oriented programming, which is kind of fun and also something I have no formal training in. So that's hopefully that... Hopefully it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that as a developer, it took me forever to get there, to like go from just like knowing how functions worked to actually knowing how like code is architected in a modern mm. programming language. Mm. And I'm I'm so grateful to know that now, and but it was so hard. And so hopefully and every time I tried to learn it, it was the materials are terrible. They're just absolutely terrible across the board. Um so I thought I would see if I can help others get there a little faster than I did. <laughs> yeah. So that's gonna be fun. And Steven, you're coming along. I will be there. Yeah, spending the $150 to go. It's a lot of money. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. Holiday releases. So, I mean, I don't know. We're not a news show here. And so we don't really talk about the gaming industry as much. It really focused on gaming. News, dev. news, news. <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to kind of, because uh, one of the things, like Mario Odyssey is coming out. It'll mm-hmm. be out by the time you hear this. Mm-hmm. You probably will be playing it while you're listening to this. Uh, if you know what's good for you. Um, <laughs> but um, it, th- I'm so excited for that because it's a mainline Mario game, but I'm not that excited about anything else that's coming this fall. And I don't know if that's because I'm much more interested in indie games these days or what, but I kind of wanted to ask you guys a little bit about like, oh, well, I'll run through some of the one, the big ones that are coming and see if like Gabe's room, are we even that interested? Is it that we're just getting older? I don't know. I'm, I'm now projecting my feelings <laughs> on you guys. Um, but I mean, just generally, do you guys get excited for like the the fall holiday releases every year as they come? I never really got excited for fall holiday releases, just yeah. certain games as yeah. usual. Um, and less so in recent years. I don't know if it's because I don't have enough time to play games anymore or mm-hmm. if it's because I'm not as interested in the games or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah. Just that's how I've worked because I've always been interested in a few games yeah. throughout the year. Yeah. I, I'm pretty similar. I never, I guess I never realized that most games would come out like in the, that time mm-hmm. uh, that were big name games yeah. or whatever. I guess I always paid attention to when Pokemon was coming out, right. um, which happened to be this usually the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited for some of the thing. Well, one <laughs> thing that just happened. Right, I don't right. know if you want to count it as a holiday release or not. Well, I, I want to talk about it just to sort of get your excitement okay. on, on tape. <laughs> Destiny 2 came out on PC last night and it was amazing. And by last night, I mean tonight, like uh, last week for you. <laughs> but yeah, it came out and I'm on the PC and I'm really, really, really happy about it. Yeah. I really love that game mm-hmm. so much. I didn't like when it was on consoles, I wasn't excited about it um, because right. I'm not very good at shooters on consoles. But the minute it came to PC, it's like, it's Borderlands except in space and like really cool. <laughs> it's Borderlands except in space. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, play Destiny 2 with me, guys. <laughs> maybe. Can, uh, maybe. I don't know. I, I'm only good at consoles sh- using a controller. Right. I could use a controller, but everyone will laugh at me. No, <laughs> I won't laugh. I'll be right there with you, sweet, fumbling with the controller while everybody's using their fancy mouse and keyboards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want not to play PvP, but yeah. playing like it's basically. Co- I mean, co-op. Don't, actually, I you know I love I love the, the idea of co-op shooters, and mm-hmm. I but I never get in on them early enough to like actually do them. So not yeah, maybe if 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 you know, I'll probably won't. You'll probably be miles ahead of me. Well, I, I promise I on, not but. to be like Dylan and take all the objectives before I even get up to them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe I'll give this one a go. So you're, you're most excited about that. That's probably going to be what you play all, all, all winter, right? 
Yeah, I mean that and continuing to play Stardew Valley on the Switch. Right. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at the list of the other ones and I'm not excited about pretty much any of them. There's a bunch of like like indie releases on the Switch that I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, but those also just happened, so I don't right. know. <laughs> I guess I haven't been p- paying enough attention to the holiday game release, so I should just stop talking. Tell us more about holiday releases. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, just to keep the spotlight on you, Martha, like the Pokemon uh, Ultra. Oh, yeah. This is like, it's just another way to sell it again. Is that what that is? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, it's like, so Sun and Moon came out in the spring, right? And then this yeah. is Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon because they're like, just w- name it whatever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, they're really reaching now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this will be the last mainline Pokemon game until it co- before it comes to Switch. This is a 3DS uh, game or games. Didn't they do that with black and white? They had a black and white too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And they just called it 2. Yeah. Right? And uh, then with X and Y, they just called it X2 and Y2. Right? Am I wrong about that? Uh, I don't remember no. releasing X and Y, but I don't oh, okay. know. I don't play Pokemon that much. Yeah. Really. Oh. But like every every main game has gotten a re-release, but it's always it's usually been years after. So this yes. is kind of crazy that it's so soon on the same platform. Um, I it, I don't know anything about it. I guess there's a new story in it involved, but um, yeah, maybe it's like because black two and black and white two were uh, were they continuations of the story? I, I think I so. Think so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's the same thing where it's a basically a, a new ish game it's like with, a sequel yeah but they didn't have to rebuild or something it's in this we have a lot of the same, same assets engines and stuff, yeah. yeah and the All same right. characters and places and stuff mm-hmm. uh but yeah pokemon's done that a lot where like in the old days it was they would release two games and like a, a pair mm-hmm. like red and blue or gold and silver and then they'll release release a third one which was exactly the same except added some cool new thing into it so right, right. like there's crystal version um Pokemon Yellow and Yellow yeah, version where you got yellow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got Pikachu to walk behind you. It's so mm-hmm. cool. That's the one I own. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> and yeah, everyone assumed uh, Pokemon Stars. That's what people thought was going to happen. Oh. oh, and they thought it would be a Switch game. They were all just hoping, uh, you know, like oh, it would okay. be announced and be put it out this year. Well, whatever. people keep thinking that the Animal Crossing is coming to Switch. There's like a whole bunch of rumors, I, and I wouldn't be surprised when it, it will does, eventually. But like. Just not yet. But it is coming to mobile. It is. Animal Crossing Um, Pocket Camp. That was announced yesterday? Yes. Uh, To our calendar. So a little over a week. Yesterday and a week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That seems kind of interesting. I don't know. I like Mario Run okay, but Mm -hmm. I'm not really into into Animal Crossing, so I don't know. I can't really judge it whether it stays true to the series. I have the Animal Crossing on the DS, Yeah, and I used to play that a whole bunch. And then I like stopped for a couple of days mm-hmm. and then I recognized, I realized that like if I went back to it, there'd be a bunch of weeds and bugs and stuff and I didn't <laughs> want everybody to be sad. And so, so time has gone on. If you go back now, yeah, it'll be a, just an apocalyptic hellscape. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everyone will hate you. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I, I don't acknowledge that I had that game anymore. Uh, okay. <laughs> for my own sake. <laughs> <laughs> Martha, you like Animal Crossing? It seems totally up your alley. Uh, yeah, you'd think. I think the only one I played was one of the DS ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I had the same. Well, mostly my problem with that game is that whatever version I had, and people have told me that that is not like that is the, a problem with that particular one and not with all of them. Mm-hmm. But the menus, you had to go through so many lines of dialogue just to do simple things like yeah. selling stuff back to Tom Nook or whatever. Mm-hmm 
took like at least four bubbles of dialogue oh. before you could sell things back to him. And it's like, that's one of the core loops of the game. So yeah. every time you had to go sell stuff, you'd be like, okay, push A, push A, push A, push A, push A, push A. And then like, even then if you did that too many times, like then you could accidentally like skip through to something else. Oh, and yeah. It just, yeah. the me- like the whole dialogue system was just, awful mm-hmm. and it made me really mad at that game so i stopped <laughs> playing it because it was just too tedious yeah yeah that, that, that happens in a lot of games and i feel like as an indie developer i'm like and i'm thinking about like dialogue boxes in my games i'm like oh i gotta take this these two boxes down to one or everyone's gonna hate me and i'm like <laughs> yeah, but nintendo gets away with it <laughs> like can't i get away with it I'm like no no you really oh. can't <laughs> but it's like terrible i mean most games it's pretty bad uh, but you know they have uh, they've got the the uh, the um, the buy in uh, from the consumers to sort of do that. They don't mm-hmm. have to be as uh, restrictive about it as as smaller developers do, or someone trying out a series for the first time, right? Like if you're all in on that series, like that probably didn't bother you. Yeah, but as as your first taste, it turned you off. Yep. Hmm. A lot of the stuff that's coming out this fall is, I mean, that's just true of video games, like at, at the triple A of levels, all uh, sequels and franchise games, right? Um, but like uh, Wolfenstein, uh, the new Colossus, which is a sequel to the previous Wolfenstein game, and it's fairly incredibly critically acclaimed. But I just I've never really had any interest in seeing it. But now I'm kind of curious because it's yeah. a single player first person shooter game, which is like I've talked about in this show before. Like I like those games, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe I should give this one a try. Like, Have you played Doom? Oh yeah, the new one, the new one, not the new one. No. Oh okay, okay. Well, I I mean, I've heard good things about that too. You should yeah. probably check that out. Maybe I didn't know you really like single player. Well, I, I I've played a lot of them growing up, and uh-huh. I, I just haven't played one in a long time. Okay. That I really I played Resistance. You remember that game? It was a PS3 series. Insomniac yeah. made it. Yeah, and so it had a ton of amazing weapons. It was really cool, but the story was so bleak, and it was one of those game series that contributed to the the sort of beigeness of uh, shooter games yes. in the 2000s. Um, so it has kind of a bad rap, uh, bad rep, but um, but it was pretty good. Yeah, the, Insomniac made it, so just the weapons are crazy. <laughs> um, but I like that a lot, and that's probably the last. Well, I mean, I guess Bioshock, I guess, but I don't remember those games as shooters so much because that, that was the least interesting part about them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, then you definitely should try out the Doom and the, uh, Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah, I think. Either you guys play the, the the new Wolfensteins? Not much of a shooter fan. Yeah. Uh, Dylan played through yep. one of the Wolfensteins, and yeah, he really liked it. But uh, yeah, I would I didn't go for it because. <laughs> It's kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it? Well, I'm not playing that. <laughs> I mean, less. It's not like jump scare, scary, but it's more like gory and nasty. A little bit, mm. and it's also like psychologically scary because it's mm. like you're in a world where the Nazis won and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Still not. Don't want to play it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I mean, you get to kill them, but <laughs> which is kind of cathartic. I don't know. Yeah. They just. It was just too much for me. I just didn't want to. Yeah, right, it, right. Yeah, there, there are definitely games like that where it, it has such critical acclaim, not just for like how well the game plays, but like it's a really interesting story mm-hmm. and, the, and the character is mm-hmm. really well drawn. And like, how often does that happen in any game? And I'm, and I think like, yeah, but and we've talked about this on the the genre topic that I was so like hot and bothered about. Mm-hmm. Like, I just have a hard time thinking. Well, it's just not. I don't really want to like be a soldier in a resistance army exactly, but. Everything about it sounds cool. I I don't know. So maybe well, maybe I won't. I might play Doom on Switch when it comes out. Right, because that's that is coming out. Yeah, then I can you know take five minutes here and there <laughs> to play it. 
Oh, yeah, for, for instead of Mario Odyssey. Mm. The other thing that's coming out this week, according to us, that'll be out by the time you hear this, is Assassin's Creed Origins. Oh, yes. And I, I, I put it on the list because it's a big title, but also it's just my time with Assassin's Creed I kind of think is over. Mm. And I'm really sad because it was for, you know, it's been around for 10 years now as a, mm. as a franchise and it was one of my favorites. But like, I am just not interested in this game. Yeah. I I, nothing never, in it is interesting to me. I have no, and I don't even know why exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not really interested in Assassin's Creed much either. Yeah. Uh, I played the second one and I got into it a little bit, but it was, there's, I think it was just too much content and I didn't enjoy the game enough to go through all the content. Sure. Uh, this one's more interesting. Well, specifically because it's, it's just filled with black people, which is, nice. <laughs> but, uh, Otherwise, eh, yeah, that's that's it. That's all I got. Mm-hmm. So. It has like XP and like and like uh, weekly missions. Like oh. that are, it's just it has so many modern gaming tropes that yeah. I don't like. It's, that I'm such an old it man is about. Ubisoft game. Yeah, yeah. So I think they're doing like the thing that makes me excited about that game. Uh, I might not buy it still, but the thing that intrigues me about it is that they're doing that thing. Like you can buy. a Schools can buy an education mode of it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So you can go through the, like, there's no, they take out a lot of the, like, fighting gameplay parts of it and just have you, like, you can explore ancient Egypt and mm-hmm. learn, uh, like, interact with people and, and learn about uh, ancient Egypt stuff. Yeah. Which, as a kid, I would have been, like, so into. Yeah, no, that's, that's really cool. I like that. <laughs> that stuff was some of my favorite about the first two or three games was the the real like commitment to some of the reality. I mean, obviously it's very heightened and yada, yada, mm-hmm. but um, like I just, I love reading all the like codex entries like that. So maybe, okay, maybe that, that is exciting actually uh, considering that if they wouldn't do a mode like that, if they didn't weren't taking the content seriously mm-hmm. um, yeah. or weren't expecting to be like evaluated on it. So, all right, maybe I'm back in <laughs> <laughs> uh, Skyrim on switch. Yeah. Really? Oh, I have it on PC, and you can't mod it on the Switch. Choo choo! Oh, right. oh, that's right. right. It's all about mods for you. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. Okay. I had it on consoles 10 years ago. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Has it really been that long? I don't, I don't think it's been 10 years. I think it's been like ago. seven or yeah. something. I got it in, yeah, yeah, it's been at least six or seven years. Yeah. Oof. Well, there'll be, there's definitely going to be an audience for it anyway. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sonic Forces. That seems kind of cool. I I really like Sonic Generations. Yeah, so that's sort of a sequel to that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I the newer Sonic 3D games I actually like quite well. The Sonic playing parts, not the Werehog mess. <laughs> I don't need any of that. But uh, yeah, I like that part of it. So mm-hmm. I'm interested. Yeah, I might get it. You make your line. own Stephen the Hedgehog? No. You can do that in this game. I heard. I'm, <laughs> I'm good on that. I don't need a Stephen the Hedgehog. There's a great uh, gag, which I only learned recently, which is you go to Google Image Search and mm. put in your name, the Hedgehog, yeah. and you will get something. Oh, wow. Because it's a very common p- thing for people to, like, uh, middle schoolers, you know, uh, maybe I did it when I was young, I don't remember, <laughs> but to, like, ma- you know, make yourself into a, a Sonic friend. Oh. And it, it was so common that, it, it, like, no matter what your name is, someone with your name has drawn that and put it wow, on the internet. That's so it's something. Yep. It's pretty okay. good. Maybe we'll put one in the show notes for each of us. Maybe. Aww. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. What Gotta else we got fast. on this list? That's kind of, that's kind of long and short of it. It's, I mean, um, I feel the same about E3, like all the yeah. E3 announcements this year. I mean, those games are all coming out next year or later, but it just seems like just not excited about big games anymore. And I don't, and I, that's not, I don't think that, I think that's just about, I think it's just about the slate of games that are coming out these couple of years. Mm. Like I think that it, I could be won back by a press conference. I don't think I'm maturing out of it or anything. 
Um, it just seems like now. I mean, a, you're still working on games. You're still playing games. No, of course. Not, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, I've been like that in the past. We should just have my brother on. Yeah. Charles McGregor, the perpetual student. Uh, he said I didn't mention him last episode, so I'm mentioning him now. Charles McGregor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll put that on the totem the board there. Yeah, like, Charles McGregor. If we say Charles McGregor three times, we'll summon him. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween. Uh, <laughs> um, um, but anyways, he's always really excited about E3 because he's he's still into those kinds of games, like sure. all of the different AAA games and things. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he liked the Deus Ex and uh, all of the I can't remember them all, but. Um, <laughs> Like yeah, I, I just I know there are a lot of people who still get excited for E3 yeah, and um, yeah. holiday releases too. Yeah, uh, there's definitely a type of person who's like into video games, yeah. and then just like whatever video games there are, I'll I'll pick one or two. I need a game for this part of my the year or whatever. Yeah. Whereas if I, there's not a game that I love for like a certain quarter of the year, I just don't play video games that quarter. Mm. And I know that's just not true for some people because they like they want to keep up with their hobby and like there's nothing wrong with that. But yeah. it just feels so it is different than how I approach those things. When I yeah, when it's not a game for me, I just play a game that I used to play. See, I don't even do that. Yeah. I just huh. sit it out, which is like mm. maybe that's not good. <laughs> no. I mean, it fits with your motivations where it's like that's you've only like very specific ones. So yes, I'm I'm. I'm picky. It's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we got all that out of the way. Yes. But one of the reasons I brought up, I wanted to do this topic was to talk about like how, uh, how you approach releasing your own work. Like, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you read in, in uh, video game blogs about like, Oh, they delayed this to March to get out of the way of call of duty or something like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's not really, we live in a different playground, right? Right. But we still want to, uh, think about, um, you know, when, when is a good time to do it? And part of that is about like, you know, it, it's like, I want to release it a week after it's done. Like, yeah. you know, or I, I pick a day and then that's my deadline or it's done. Now I'm going to think about when I'm going to release it, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so I don't know, just to, to, if you guys thought about in those, not, not specifically when you think you want to release Vengeance, mm-hmm. but like, you know, on a Monday or a Friday or in this month, like, have you considered those thoughts? Those, not at those all. Things? No, really? Just want the game out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I I honestly haven't I haven't thought about it a lot because uh, it is I I have learned from reading and things that it is less important uh, nowadays than it had been in the past when you release your game because yeah uh, not every like there's different audiences for different things so just because Wolfenstein is coming out and if you're interested in visual novels you probably aren't going to be picking that up anyways mm-hmm. uh, whereas I think it's probably different with movies and stuff where if you're into movies you probably go see a popular movie. Uh, even if, uh, cause I think people in general are just kind of interested in most genres of movies. Well, I, unless I'm wrong. What you're talking about is, uh, called counter programming. Okay. So, uh, it happens on television. It yes. does happen in movies, okay. although you're right. It's not like if an Avengers movie is coming, n- no one is going to release any other movie in that neighborhood unless, yes. you know, unless they're burying it. Um, mm-hmm. but generally what you do is you, if you have a project that's not, it's totally outside the audience of a big project, it's the perfect time to release it because those people are looking for something for them. And so uh, for gaming, I've, I've heard that too, like you, um, that you want to counter program against a big release, but I'm a little skeptical of that it, as an indie developer. I don't think, cause you're going to get so little attention compared to even a mid-level, uh, you know, a, a, high, a, yeah. a big publisher game yeah. that uh, I don't think you, <laughs> I think it's, I think you have to think about different things. If right. you are, you know, if you're a Square Enix or something and you're releasing like a, a you know, not a Tomb Raider or something else, then maybe you want to think about that as a strategy. Um, yeah, I guess it's much more important in AAA, but even then, uh, I, I, I just remember that like people are spreading out their releases more 
in the throughout the year than they have been in the past. Right. So there's like holiday and that's to get the holiday thing. But the truth is, is video gamers are now uh, span all age ranges. So yep. it's not just uh, buying things for kids or for yourself. And so March is another one because yep. it's right before the end of the fiscal year. And so that just happens to be where a lot of them get clumped. Um, games are now coming out in the summer, which didn't really happen that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And Nintendo is doing this thing with the Switch where they have, they've scheduled one big game release a month. Um, mostly first party, but I think Rabbids filled that one for last month. For it was August or September. I might I may be wrong about that, but um, where they just want a steady, a steady but slow stream yeah. of high end games rather than putting them all together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, things are just different now than they were even you know five or ten years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. But for indies, like I mean, I, kind of my attitude is just I just release it. Like I don't know if I have yep. any strategy to it at That's all. That's my feeling. Um, and so because I'd have kind of no opinion on the subject, uh, this is one of those times where we went to Reddit and we asked, say, hey, if you've released a game, you know, what was your strategy? Uh, if you haven't, what have you read? What are questions you have? And so these are some of the responses we got. Um, uh, kind of sort of general like uh, things you expect. Don't release a game around any any major AAA release. Mm-hmm. Um, because uh, press and streamers will focus on that, and that's another that's an element where you do get some crossover because video game reviewers will will they'll all review the big games, but a lot of them will only review some of the big games, but a lot of them will also review the smallest games, mm. and so uh, particularly uh, YouTube streamers, mm-hmm. um, they uh, they have a much wider sort of like um, purview, I think, and so you want to just pick a time where then they're not busy, is really kind of what it is, yeah. Um, but uh, other tips from the same person, uh, you know, set yourself an internal what's, release date. What's the person's name? Uh, this is, I can't pronounce it. So we're going to put all these in the notes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm not excited about pronouncing Reddit names. Oh, okay. Even though I think yeah. I'm right. Um, but yeah, we'll put all these in the show notes and yep. we'll, we'll link the thread as well because th- this is some really good information. I'm just going to skim it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, this, this, this person is, um, you know, had experience as a, as a PR manager and did some games journalism. So oh, cool. this is some direct source information. Mm-hmm. Um, don't launch on a Wednesday. It's when most press releases get sent out. And that's something that you wouldn't uh, know if you haven't, you know, but apparently press releases get sent on a Wednesdays. Uh, maybe that's more at the upper end of the industry. I'm sure press releases get sent out every day, but that is when they're busy, like weeding through their inbox. Um, yeah. Huh. Uh, don't launch on a Friday uh, because there's not enough time for press to write spontaneously about your game and, uh, you know, get any of the hype before going into the weekend. Oh, so no until Nintendo that. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo, none of the rules apply to that. Right, right. But that makes a lot of sense because um, you know a lot of uh, publications they do uh, 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 websites will publish on weekends. They have different editors, right. of weekend editors who will cover stories that happen. Um, but things like features, reviews, things that take some time to build and do, uh, all that stuff's published during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, don't release them then. Uh, don't believe the saying that October is the best release month. There's too much AAA stuff happening now because things have been moving back. Used to be really like Black Friday was when all the games came out in late November. Yeah, but that's getting pushed earlier and earlier. Like you and I were both surprised that Mario Odyssey is like out. yeah, right? I because we were like a week or two ago, yeah. we were like, oh man, I can't wait for it. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> It's ready, it's ready coming up to it because uh-huh. it's a it's a game for Christmas and it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel like it's Christmas yet. Although once Halloween is over, it's Christmas for me at that point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Thanksgiving's the other best holiday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like Thanksgiving because food is great, but Christmas, man, Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I I love this comment from another user, which is it's not really that useful, but it's funny. Uh, a bit cynical, I know, but five or ten years ago was the best time to release a game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but what's great, what's great about that is that attitude is pretty common, right? It's like yeah. you think you're just going to be drowned in it. But that was great. Somebody replied to it and said, would you get on Steam, though? 
Oh, right. Five or 10 years ago, which not really. So, I mean, it's, that's, that's what I've always said, like democratization of access. It might feel like you're just, then you're rushing in with a crowd, but maybe you couldn't get in earlier. And so it's, it is just better for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I like that little back and forth. That was really fun. That's cool. Um, but uh, someone here says, have a good monetization plan minimum for one year. So this is probably thinking more mobile. Um, look at some holidays like Christmas when people are like spending a lot of time looking for new things to buy, um, which is sort of counter to someone who said, like, don't release near major holidays uh-huh. because um, press is not going to be a, like they're, they're all at home with their families. So you can't won't get as much press. But I think for mobile, which is this other person is sort of saying, if you are releasing a mobile game. Uh, especially if it's free or free to play, yeah. um, then uh, that's a good time to do it because people will be scrolling through for anything to download. Mm. Um, right, they just got their new phone. Exactly right. Their, they- their new console, their new whatever. So it doesn't just apply to mobile. Um, but that's a pretty good uh, uh, piece of advice to take you know, in balance with the other stuff. Oh, someone said, uh, I'm you know, a solo dev, and um, you know, when it was done, then I thought about when it was going to be released. And I tried to avoid major news, so I waited two weeks after the iPhone came out because people were be talking about that. And that's, yeah. that's really interesting because it's not just games you're fighting with. It's attention you're fighting for. Mm-hmm. And so you want to avoid a lot of that stuff. So whether it's, uh, you don't want to release your game when Game of Thrones comes out, right? Or when, no. or when like, a, a Netflix show comes out because people are going to be busy for weeks on that. Like right, it, yeah. right? Um, so uh, that's a good piece of advice uh, for that. But basically the sort of overall kind of impression we got from the few comments we got here was just sort of like, stay out of the way of other things. Uh, make it easy for journalists to discover you. Um, and then also look for the openings when you can, like the, you know, uh, being, being on that list at Christmas time when people go a little bit, they go into page two or page three mm-hmm. of the results. Uh, you might have a better shot there. Mm. Um, you know, it's not all it's, it's, even, like all that's really good advice, but like I don't feel that like I have any like it's good to have a lot of this stuff confirmed. But I, the point I'm making is you're not going to find the right answer for your for your project. Yeah. So get as much of this information as you can, but don't stress about any of it being right or wrong. Like if you feel like oh you know I it, we got to do this now, but like or I could wait two months and build up more press or whatever. You know if you feel that you need to get it out the door, like for other reasons, like emotionally, or I need to start on the next project. I only have so many hours in the day. You know, there's all these things that, that, that go with it. So you want to take some of this good advice, but like, don't let it lead you by the nose. Yeah. A lot of this advice is about like trying to make maximize cap the, the capital you gain from it. That's exactly right. It's a good way to put it. Yeah. Whereas like, if you just want your game out there because you want the game out there, then yeah. just do it whenever it doesn't matter. Right. Right. And this is a lot of this is different from, I mean, it's a very narrow topic, like when to release it, but yeah. there's definitely considerations about like building a press list getting a community engaged before. And that's, I think it's outside the scope of this particular topic, but it's definitely something that if you're not thinking about by that time, then not much of this will help you anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, yep. And then just, just get it out there. Be proud of it. Um, you know, you can always spend time after release to promote it further. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've read uh, recently when I was looking into this is like the release date, especially for really small games, is kind of a myth. Games will have, they'll be, they'll be put out. They'll have some attention. They get the launch day, you know, excitement. Um, but then maybe they don't get all their, maybe it's like six months later and they get another opportunity to like push it out. Right. Um, it's not, people aren't going to be like, Oh, that game is not new as of yesterday. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people are always looking for things to play, always looking for things to do. And so, um, if you, it doesn't, if your launch doesn't go well, you, you can keep at it, I guess you can keep promoting. Um, if that's what you want to be doing, if you want, you still want to like get it out there. Uh, win conditions, win conditions. How does one win? 
Mm-hmm. This is not wind conditions. Not wind conditions, right. which are great here in Minnesota right now. <laughs> it's finally getting cold and it's a little bit windy. <laughs> Perfect Halloween weather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so what is a wind condition? Uh, it can range from like how you're deciding to win a game. So like uh, Magic the Gathering or Red Deck or Blue Deck or whatever they're all called. Um, <laughs> I don't play a lot of magic, uh, or like, uh, you need to collect this certain amount of things that mm-hmm. can be a win condition before another person or just to beat the level or to, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's like PVE or like if the compete kill the end boss or PVP, you gotta kill your friend. Like yeah. it's, uh, or in civilization, you have the like, like four or five different ways you can win. You can right. have the science victory, the cultural victory, mm-hmm. the beating everyone up victory. Right. Or the Martha gets bored with it and starts over victory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You've discovered the whole map. That's my win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's, a yeah. Good, that's good because it's not just developers yeah. that define it. Players define yes. their own win conditions. Right. So this topic is really more conceptual old thing. Because uh-huh. like I, I don't have any specifics. Like I already know how, fin- how you win in Fingent. You get to the end of the level, you beat the boss. Uh-huh. You just have to beat all five bosses. Um, and then we have a bunch, like there's time attack mode and stuff. And I guess the win condition is that they get the highest, the lowest time. Yeah. It's a high, it's a high score thing. Yes. Right. Right. right, a, right. That's a classic win condition. Exactly. Um, so like I have that all figured out, but like, I'm really curious about games that have toyed with win conditions. I've mm-hmm. been thinking about them recently and like, does a game even need a win condition to be a game? There's a lot of games that don't have them that just play forever. You'll never right. <laughs> like chase that dragon. Minecraft, <laughs> Sometimes literally. Minecraft, <laughs> at least initially, I don't think it had a um, a win condition, right? Like it just started and you could just They do added whatever. a story mode at some point. Yes. But I think that's when it was like, uh, as it was graduating from like little side uh, novelty to be like, oh, we're going to be a real game now. We need an end boss or something. Yeah. But then, of course, the bigger it got, the less that even mattered. Right. Um, so I don't think people think of Minecraft as having a, an ending at all. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, your game. Does your game need to end? Should it end? I, I guess these are the kinds of questions that I'm thinking about mm-hmm. that I have I've been thinking about with this with this topic. Um, so I guess are, are we of are we of the uh, assumption that like a game without a win condition is a game? Well, or I mean, the word game? game is loaded in that sense. That's fair. I think what we think of as a game is really an activity or a pastime or something like that. So yeah. it it doesn't have to necessarily. Mm-hmm. It just becomes a different type of game, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can't win Stardew Valley, right? Can you? Um, no, I mean you can do, you can complete certain things. Right. So like you can, yeah. some people could see that the completing the the community center is like winning the game. But then there's also like marrying the your person do you want and getting the you know there's like always something more you could get. Right. So. Right. That's that's uh, what signals it as a life simulator because it's very similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Can you win life? You know? I mean, there's YouTube videos that we, we've watched that are like year forty summer of year forty two. Wow, <laughs> which is like insane. Mm-hmm. But then so. there's Destiny as well, which has a campaign and has an ending, but also has raids that are repeatable and is meant to be played continuously. Uh-huh. There's games that sort of straddle that line. Mm-hmm. MMOs are very much like that. Yeah. Um, and, and Martha, that seems to be games that you like or games that, that you can just keep playing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I guess I like the things that are repeatable, mm-hmm. um, or that don't necessarily have a end. You know what? That's interesting. I didn't think about it in that way, but like newer games, 
they oftentimes have a bunch of win conditions that stack upon one another yeah. so that you keep playing the game. Mm-hmm. So like Overwatch, for example, the win condition is to beat the other team, right? Right. But the also the, a win condition is to maybe get to gold and then get to platinum or I don't know the rankings in Overwatch. <laughs> are those right? I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I haven't done any ranked, so. Ah, all right. Okay, well. Well, that's different from like Destiny because that that is a um, win conditions in Overwatch or like win conditions in chess. You, yeah. You play it over and over again. You can't beat chess. Yeah. You can beat your opponent. Yes. And move on. Yes. Um, well, one could say you could beat chess by being the best. Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, no. All right. Chess right. will remain undefeated. No, because... <laughs> <laughs> no, because then someone will come to you and yeah, you'll beat them. But in while you're playing, you're you're not in a state of having beat it. So mm, um, no matter okay. how, even if you're always going to win, you can't actually. <sighs> uh, uh, yeah, right. Okay. There's always going to be someone to come at the king, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Whereas you know, Assassin's Creed Two, I can do everything there is to do, beat the game, and I never have. There's no anything I do on it is just the same thing again. Mm-hmm. It's not. There's no additional challenge or, or anything like that to be hmm. had the way there is in a game like destiny or, you know, or other modern shooters, which, okay. which are tend to, you know, they increase the level cap to keep you playing new game plus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, <laughs> right, right, that's right. another example, like uh-huh. a way to sort of uh, keep, you know, put the, just provide more content. Right. And it's more important nowadays to have people keep playing games because they have more ways to get at your pockets. That's uh. true. <laughs> right. As I, I mean, loot boxes became a thing like, um, uh, you know, recently that in, started to invade genres they maybe don't belong in. Yep. Um, and that's, uh, well, there's a, a big uh, article about it that came out recently. We'll put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about the sort of predatory behavior of that kind of stuff. Um, and a lot of it is designed on, around game systems, which are, which are meant to be more, um, more lottery style and more uh, continuous and persistent uh, rather than, you know, having a being done with a game mm-hmm. at any point. Because um, even even games like Cuphead, which have an ending, uh, they also have different difficulty modes, and then yeah. you can you can really stretch it out to three or four times the original ending uh, content. But that still is finite in a way that is designed that way. Games that intend to be infinite have to come up with kind of tricks, and some of them not so great to to maintain the variety, right? To keep you playing them. Um, well, yeah, I guess yeah. If you're trying to exploit people with loot boxes. Yeah, that's a separate topic. No, it totally, and is. it kind of <laughs> it kind of borders on the <laughs> forbidden topic. <laughs> I'm not going there. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, um, but like, like, I guess do do do. I'm I'm curious how you feel about like if if a player can uh, if a player is really the person that defines the win condition. Versus the mm-hmm. the game developer, because like mm-hmm. I'm designing Finns in mind uh, with the mindset that people will try to get at the win condition I've thought of, which is get to the end of the level. Right. But maybe a person comes to the game and they're like, "I'm just going to dodge all the enemies until I can't dodge them anymore and see how long I last." Right. Um. What? How do I? How do I approach that? <laughs> I, well, I, I think. What does um, that mean? That's interesting, and that's yeah. a, a lot of times games. And this is actually inc- really true. This just reminds me of. Um, like uh, startups, uh-huh. a startup will have a, a idea, and you can't develop it too much. You have to get it in people's hands first, yeah. see how they use it, and then you start deciding what it is. Mm. Which is a really cynical attitude, and it's not always the best way to make a thing. Mm-hmm. But games can work that way too. If you release Fingence and you find other people have a lot of fun just using it at, to, just to dodge and don't necessarily care about defeating enemies, then you can start thinking about what Fingence Two is going to have that it mm. caters to that. But you, I don't think, are under any obligation to 
cater to those types of things before the game is out. Yeah. I think I think you can be happy. You know, you can make the game loose enough to allow those things to form naturally, or you could yourself imagine how people might approach it. But I don't know that you have to worry too much about it. I think you should really be focused on the win condition you set and make sure that that is engaging. Because if it's not engaging, then you failed. Yeah. But if people find other ways to play it in a way that makes them feel like a winner, mm-hmm. that's great. But if it's at the expense of how you've done it, then well, I don't know if they have a great time and want to buy the sequel, then okay. But um, I, I don't know. I, again, it's just I'm, again, advocating for the voice of the author. Mm-hmm. I think that is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I'm reminded of a, a video I watched recently from Mark Brown. Uh, he he had brought up the idea of in XCOM, uh, they're initially like you know, the, the developers felt that the the most fun in the game you can have is when you're playing risky yeah. in the game. Where um, as a lot of people when they were playing XCOM, they would be very passive and defensive, so that they didn't have to take risks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they changed in XCOM too. They changed it so that like they put a time limit in, so people could not be and they had to take risks in order to get through levels mm-hmm. and people did not like that at all. Right. Um, but it went with the intents of the developers. Uh, and he went into a whole talk on like what, what other directions he possibly, they could, they could have possibly taken to make it better. But like, should you force people to have it in a, in a going into the win condition and the way that you want people to go into your win condition? That I mean, sounds. I get everything you everything you do in your game is is setting expectations and and yeah. you're setting a world and rules for yeah. players to follow. So I don't I don't think that's bad. I think it just you know if players like it if if they enjoy themselves then fine. If they don't enjoy it then you should change something. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That there's an ideological approach to it. Is what I mean. Yeah. Um. It's sort of it again playtesting. Right. 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 <laughs> of course. Yeah. If you don't play test the game, then you're just not going to know how people are going to. Do it. Yeah. Uh, I just read another article um, today, in fact, where uh, I think it's, it's what was it, Dead Shot or Dead Something? Dead Space? Not Dead Space. Uh, dead Something. Well, well uh, Dead uh, Cells, uh, Dead Cells, Dead Cells. That's what okay. it was. Dead Cells. <laughs> um, where uh, they, had, they hadn't really played just the game, but when they put the game in earlier access, a lot of people uh, would just stick with like the ranged weapons because they felt that they were the, the more powerful ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the game developers didn't like that. They wanted people to feel encouraged to switch weapons, but not feel forced to switch weapons. Yeah. Um, and so they put in a lot of efforts to to make that work mm-hmm. the way they wanted it to. You know, I do something almost sort of similar, but the opposite. In yeah. Metro Nexus, when you uh, charge up a weapon, uh, you don't shoot directly in front of you. You shoot up at about 15 degrees, mm. which means that uh, you can aim it, but uh, yeah. if you're just learning it, you don't know how to do that yet. Yeah. Um, and so that's a way to tell players that they shouldn't get close to other other players. Yeah. Because it's not as if, it's not as if easy to shoot them. You think it is when you start up and everyone's moving around and you mm-hmm. think, oh, I need to get close to get a good shot. Mm-hmm. But the default controls and setups are designed to not reward that. Nice. And designed to encourage you to back yeah. off and plan. That's clever. So that's it's sort of a similar kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think, like, you should be able to... You, when you're when you're when you're developing a game, you you kind of lead players in a direction. You try to, anyways. Yeah. Um. But you also want to make sure that you don't like stifle on players' creativity. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a weird balance that you have to you have to mm-hmm. have to um, walk between. Well, it, it does come down to what you want your game to be. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want your game to be a narrative experience, then you actually want to discourage players' uh, creativity. Um, Potentially. But, but, well, yeah, but then there are other games where if you do that, it just becomes not fun because yeah. you know if you don't if you're building a sandbox thing, but then everything is just a 
build this, then build this, then build this, uh-huh. like then not encouraging people to do what they want, then you've then you're you're not servicing the yeah. mechanics at all. Every question, does a win condition have to be fun? Uh well I don't I don't know. You mean getting <laughs> to the win condition? Yes. Martha, you want to tackle that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there are some people who find fun and not fun. Mm-hmm. Like people who really like mastery, I bet play play through frustrating things yeah, over and over well, again just to get to the, the thing that you know get just to get to the win condition. Yeah, um, I know I've done that. Yeah, like going against a cuphead boss over and over and over again. Uh, well, I, I I enjoyed that, frankly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, well, yeah. I mean, just as an example of a right, hard, right. of a hard game, mm-hmm. I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like like I don't think you know, some people find like will find satisfaction in winning even if the getting there wasn't just fun. Mm-hmm. As long as the like I think if it's a, a, a thing that isn't fair. Yeah. Like like for example, what you were talking about in Cuphead uh where one of the bosses is just random candy at you or something yeah, like that that with you it's the um, listeners who've played it will probably also be like oh right that terrible one <laughs> um where there's uh, a boss will send out these sub bosses and there's three of them but from a, a potential of six or seven six uh and they come in uh in any order and but the first one is just that the second one has an extra thing you have to deal with and the third one has a second extra thing you have to deal with so it does get harder each time Just wait till you get to expert mode right <laughs> I bet. Um, but because there are so many permutations of that boss every time you restart it it's different each time and so you have to master a huge combination of possible things and it's not necessarily the one you're going to beat and so that doesn't feel fun at all um, it's well, very for some cl- people well <laughs> Steve is giving me that look <laughs> Um, well, admittedly, I didn't like that boss very much either. So, yeah, <laughs> but no, Cuphead's a great example where it, it, there's a there's a couple of those levels where I just like banging my head against the wall over and over and over again, but it stayed fun the whole time. And then there were ones that just like got stopped being fun very quickly and were just an internal slog. And I think that part of it is I'd love to say that there's like some things that are better and worse, but I think a lot of it is the player has their mm-hmm. own things they like or, or or you know or don't like that makes it fun or not fun. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of hard to be all things to everyone in a thing like that, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I have specific complaints, but I'm trying to like not assume that they're actually problems for everybody, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, well in like, uh, in like games where you have to grind a lot to get to the, yeah. the stuff to make it so that you can beat the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to collect all the feathers. Like I'm just not gonna, <laughs> I'll collect the first 15 before I realize, Oh, right. Why? (laughs) And so then I get mad and that's not fun. But some people enjoy those uh, getting to the end goal, even if getting there wasn't that fun. Says the man with 119 shrines. Oh, update on that. I got the final one. Dang it. (laughs) 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 Well, I have three jobs. That's my excuse. Yeah. Come on, Steven. (laughs) You just got to get good. (laughs) Okay. Wow. (laughs) Yep. We went there. I'm never going to be able to say this to you ever again. Uh, <laughs> I'll just have to beat you in Smash over and over and over again. It's yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get all the stars. And, if if all, I have to let you do this. Yeah, if you, we're, we're racing for power. Dang it. You and me. <laughs> yes. is what we're going to be doing. Oh, crap. <laughs> what have I signed up for? <laughs> I, love that, I love that you feel threatened because do. you are, are going to whoop me. I'm certain. <laughs> 
Um, oh dear. <laughs> but some of that is not fun. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. the thing about Zelda is a great example because mm. it was fun the whole time. I would play, I had like, when we were like 115 or something, and I would try to get some of those last ones. They're just, you've no idea where they are. You're not keeping track of the areas you've, you've done. Even with the Heroes Mode map, like, but just wandering around, I would do like for a two-hour session where I would collect like a million Korok seeds that I don't want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then not even a single shrine, and I would, I'd put it away and be like, okay, I had a good time. Like, do that- <laughs> 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 there's not a lot for me particularly there's not a lot of games that can do that mm-hmm. uh, do that for so uh, there, is, there is a difference for sure yeah yeah um, well I guess when I what I meant by like unfun wind conditions it's mm-hmm. like there's what's the desert bus game where like you're driving a desert bus for eight hours and it just slightly turns to the right Every so often, not every so often, like it just constantly is slightly turning to the right. So you have to make sure to turn it back. Yeah, this is a this is a, one of the mini games in a pen and Teller PC game from the mid 90s. I didn't know that. Yeah, the, the game was never released. Oh, um, but it, no, it was a Sega CD. I don't know. Okay. But, um, but, you know, the, the code got out yeah. and it's um, and the, it was a it's joke game. Yeah. The idea is that you just drive a bus from, I think. Reno to Las Vegas? No, it's longer than that. It's mm. it's like a six hour drive or something, mm-hmm. and it's a real time. It's in real time, and there's no. It's a it's an old like P- PC looking game, and yeah. you, and you just have to. And the bus drifts to the right, and you yep. just have to keep correcting it yep. for six hours there and back. And you get one point, and the oh. game just goes on forever. And oh. so people going for a high score would take anyway. So they do this game for the uh, people play this game on live streams for charity every yeah, year, which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that game. That is a successful game because it its purpose was achieved. Mm. It was meant to be silly and not fun, and meant to be a slog and grueling and a test of endurance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, and I I'm sure it's fun for people to watch someone play it. I doubt it's fun to play, um, but that's it did what it set out to do. Right? Nice plays. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> We'd only have to play seventeen minutes of it. Oh yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> It would be the most boring episode ever. <laughs> I like that. I, I endorse. I that. Uh, but yeah, I think it really yeah. depends on what the game wants. Right. Right. And if the game, so you're asking us if something is not fun. Yeah. What you maybe should be asking is if, do, if the game fails in its goal uh, of, of like the experience it wants to provide. Well, the I, I just know a lot of times when people think about win conditions to think about games in general, they have to be fun. Yeah. And I'm curious if people have ever, if, if you two have ever considered a game, making a game that was not fun to play or right. was not fun to come to win, like, like, like what if it served a separate purpose? Like yeah. what if it was supposed to be depressing yeah. to win or what if it was supposed to make you angry to win? I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, but papers please is like that, right? Where mm-hmm. so you, you, you have to, you have to fight different urges either to, you know, uh, uh, within the narrative, but also with your sort of gamer brain, about trying to get all the points or whatever. Yeah. And uh, so, and that, that, that's a comment on, uh, not just within the structure of the story, but you as a, a person with motivation and it's a, it, it becomes a role playing experience when you don't even realize it. Yeah. So yeah, there's ways to play with that feeling. Right. For sure. Right. I yeah. know that in my game, uh, my game has multiple win conditions that are ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't mentioned no, there's it yet, only but, one win condition. Yeah, I know. <laughs> According <laughs> to you anyway. But you can evoke one win condition while failing the other. Yeah. And sometimes failing the other is the only way to ev- invoke it. Mm-hmm. And um, I imagine for some players that's a bit of a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't think that happens a lot, but it's there to be had. You know, if you're in the lead by a lot and you only have one hit point left, you can go ahead and kill yourself to ensure that victory. 
but you, I've seen players not do that. Like even though it would get them the point total, either because they want to be the last man standing and that's the win condition they're focused on or um, because they, they don't want to, they would rather get killed rather than kill themselves yeah. in, a, in a game like that. Yeah. Um, huh. So, I mean, maybe I walk tip, tiptoe up to it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, well, oh, I was just thinking of civilization again yeah. because mm-hmm. I don't actually like to win that game. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. But a game that wouldn't have a fun win condition. Oh, there's, I was thinking of um, Stanley Parable. I've never okay. beaten that game, but mm-hmm. the whole point of that game is to like turn games on like the process of doing a game on its head, right? right. Yeah. The point of that game yeah. is uh, I hate you, player. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smarter than you and cleverer and funnier than you. I mean, <laughs> and I've predicted everything that you could have ever done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's a cynical way of looking at it. I feel like it really is. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, that game, you can't win. It doesn't have a win condition because even when like you, if, okay, so the way that that game works is that the game sets you up with a series of choices. If you um, and then there's a narrator telling you what choice you're supposed to take. If you follow all of those choices, and I, I was that guy who followed the choices right away. Um, if you follow all of the choices, then you get to the end, and then like you get free from whatever this office place was or something, and then like you're out into a uh, you're out in a pasture or something, and you can just walk around for a bit. Then it fades to black, and you're back in the beginning of the game again. <laughs> So like, I spoiled it. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to put a spoiler alert on this episode. No, we shouldn't. That's in the spirit of the game. True. And the spirit of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is the Halloween episode. Sorry. <laughs> I keep bringing it up. It's my own fault. Kind of is. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so like, you can't really win the game because like, even when you get to the end, you just start at the beginning again, uh, and so. It's one of those games, I guess, where the, the win condition is to not play the game or uh-huh. the lose condition is to not play the game or just the way to stop playing it is to not play it. <laughs> so even though that game has many yeah. you know, st- branching storylines and you know, choices and stuff, it right. is still at its core a linear narrative game. Yeah. Right? Despite the fact that it has all those things in it. Right. So, um, so yeah, it, is, it really is just a story that's told to you. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's just a story that's told to you and you can't really exit it it's just a constant loop until mm-hmm. you decide to exit the loop yeah but i guess that's a game that doesn't really have a win condition right and purposely so mm-hmm. and maybe it's meant for frustration or maybe it's meant to teach players something or maybe it's just meant i guess it's just to tell a story but it's it can be fun in the moment yeah right? well i think it, there's also the push pull of like trying to because it's you know the audience it knows its audience it's trying to like optimize or i think when you go down the like the path it tells you not to it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah of course you will you know so yeah. the, the part of it is about confounding players. So it is meant to, um, it is meant to sort of uh, take the fun you're trying to have and kind of you know take it from you, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it plays it plays with the expectations for sure. I mean, but people keep playing it. Like mm-hmm. it's not you know there's that's the balance. If you want to like engage with the player on that on that level, you have to also make it a worthwhile experience, even if it's not that fun. Yeah. Right. Like Desert Bus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I've been really interested in like where games are going mm-hmm. and uh, the future of games, and that and that kind of stuff is really interesting to me because like we don't ha- the games the game games don't just have to be fun. They don't just right. have to be interesting. They can also, well, I mean, I think they should be interesting, but they don't just have to be like 
play things. They yeah. don't just have to be they don't just have to be games. Right. Well, they're not. I mean, I think there's so many more things they are. Yeah. It's just it's just a matter of like the percentage of games that are sort of more traditional games is pretty high still. Yeah. Um, and maybe it will be that way forever, but mm-hmm. like the potential of the medium is, you know, branching in all directions. Yes. Definitely is. Definitely is. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for taking this journey with me, y'all. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. Be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. We need to know you're out there, so leave us a review and tell all your friends, too. Uh, you can uh, send us feedback on the feedback forum. That's nicegames.club slash feedback. Uh, and, of course, uh, you can find our show notes on Reddit every week. Uh, and, of course, we're going to be posting more of these prompts to ask you uh, what you think about future topics. So thanks to the folks uh, who sent in their, uh, their thoughts and advice and good information uh, this week. Uh, we'll be thanking them in the show notes. So check that out. Uh, we also want to hear directly from you. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things. Where can they do that, Martha? At Nice Games Club. That's right. (laughs) Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. All the other things. Where can they do that, Martha? Nice game stuck. No, wait. <laughs> I'm forgetting my line. <laughs> it's not your line. At right? Nice Games Club. <laughs> what was that? At Nice Games Club. That's right. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.